Adams, Adamly, Adamowski, Bueller, Burns, Burns, Burns. with that mic in your hand. It's time for school. Rock school. With your hosts, Dr. Joe Burns. That to me I understood, but once it got into the wap, 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 and that whatever that instrument is, uh-huh. and then the do-da, 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 do-da. Class is in. This is the Rock School Radio Show on the Rock School Radio Network. My name is Joe Burns. Who are you, kiddo? Well, I am Tammy Burns. Now, to the audience, you probably don't hear any difference in that we have been posting shows. Those who are affiliates and those who run with the show know we posted, what, about two and a half months of shows right in a row? Yep, we sure did. That's because Tammy and I moved to a new home. Why? Because we're rich and self-centered. And it's not new. Well, it's an old home, but it's new to us. All right. And we are inside of what is our new rock school studio. I'm I'm sort of stopping after each word because I can hear the reverb that's coming up in it. Do you like where we're sitting right now? I love it. It is. It's a it's a nice little space. So this is the first show we've recorded in two and a half months. So let's see if we know how to do this stuff. Uh, I got into an argument with a graduate student of mine about what a couple of words mean, the idea of remix and remaster, and he also threw reissue in there. Do you know the difference between remix, a song that is remixed, and a song that is remastered? Do you, just off of the words, um, can you come remix. up with what they are? They, they went in and, and put, they added to, they put stuff in and took stuff out. Certainly could be. Remastered, they yeah. took what was there and tried to make it fuller, better, uh, using technology from today as you know as what? opposed to oh did you hit way that back then oh did you hit that if you remaster a song normally you're using advanced uh Uh, abilities that weren't around when the song was originally recorded. Here's the basic idea. A remix is a full overhaul of the song. It can mean literally everything. If you are an EDM person, do you know what EDM means? No, what is that? Electronic dance music. Oh, I am one of those people. I just didn't know it. If you're an EDM person, then you know you can take just about any song and you can alter it, play with it, change it, do all those different things. Whereas a remaster, do you remember when we did the show on the Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band album? Yes, I do. It Mm -hmm. had been remastered. They went in, they changed everything to digital and once something is digital you can boost it pull it do what you wish with it and then they remastered the song but you see they didn't change the song okay they simply remastered it and when you start looking into this it's not just remix and remaster there's about 12 different terms on how to do this it it has to do with what genre you're in and furthermore there is the wonderful response of the audience 
Do you like this remix? Do you like this remaster? And there is never such thing as universal, yay, this is great, or universal, yay, this stinks. It's somewhere in the middle. So I've gotten not only a series of remixes, but I've got a series of remasters, and we're going to talk about the idea of ownership of a song. For example, Thunderstruck uh-huh. by ACDC. Right. Now, does ACDC own that song? Yeah, they do. I'm sure they do legally. But if a person pays the money to play with it, if they get themselves the license that's required, they can alter it into an EDM, something that can be played in a dance hall. And I have that. Okay. I have Thunderstruck as a full remix. I can see, and this is just my opinion, I can see, I can hear, I understand the talent recording doing this. Mm -hmm. What it takes to be able to create what I'm about to play for you. Yeah. But is it better than the original? Is it equivalent to the original? Or should the EDM person have simply written a new song? And that's where we're going to start today. We get to decide. We get to decide. Woo! This is, it's by Crooked. So they're even suggesting they stole it. Crooked and the remake, the remix, pardon me, of Thunderstruck. Take a listen. You can hear how difficult this was. But just because it is difficult doesn't mean it should be done here on Rock School. ACDC and the remix by Crook to of Thunderstruck. Can you number one, can you hear how difficult and what kind of talent it would have taken to recreate that? I, I can, yes. Now then I, I can too. Do you like it? I do. Do you really? Yeah, because I like dance music. Okay, well, yeah, you're a dancing person. Yeah. Me, on the other hand, I, I'm more of a purist. Mm-hmm. And it sounded to me, once, how do I put this? The beginning when it started with that quick guitar lick. Yeah. And the, the band members going, ah, 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 and he chopped it up so it was in rhythm right. with it. 
that to me I understood, but once it got into the and that whatever that instrument is, uh-huh. and then the to me that's that's not instrumentation. You're simply marking time until you can get back to the instrumentation well, yeah. of it. Is here's I know what the law says, but what do you say? Has the group or the person crooked created a new song or have they simply created a remix? Can they have they created something that is completely new and can be copyrighted by no. them? No. I don't think so. Not either. in my opinion. Now, and, and why would the group want it to be new? Why, why wouldn't they want to make money off of this? They do want to make money off of it, but that's the thing. They're going to have to pay the money in order to be able to do it. No, and I so, mean the original group, ACDC. Well, I think they're going to make Good. money off of it. Yeah. Good. The, 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 the group, Crooked, who went ahead and did it, like coming up in a minute, I'm going to do Dream On by Grits, mm-hmm. G-R-I-Z. I love the names. I really do. I think it's great to be able to name yourself. Here are a few more you need to think about. We you talked could be about Joe's J O E Z. Oh yeah, because when you spell something with a Z, it's just oh, it's it's uh. so much better. We talked about remix. We talked about remastering. There are so many more than what we just discussed. There's the VIP mixdown. VIP does not mean very important person. It means variation in production. Now, this is from the Urban Dictionary. says it's used in electronic mix. It's mostly drums and bass breakdown beats. And the producer remixes the whole track. A VIP uses major elements of the original version, but differentiates it as a track unto itself. Again, I'm impressed with the knowledge and the ability and mm-hmm. the performance of it. Right. Is it a new song? Well, why can't you just appreciate it for what it is? I can. I appreciate the heck out of it, but I wouldn't listen to it if I had a gun to my head. Oh, there's the truth right there, huh? Uh, There is also the reference mix. That's a song in the same genre that you use to reference to do your own mix. So it's only really enough so people know what it is, but Mm -hmm. then you write a new song over top of it. That, to me, means more than just simply remixing something. There is also the dance mix. You know what that is. It's right. re-edited, so it will go a long time because people want to dance. Yeah, yeah, there yeah. There is the remix flip, a remix intended to change the vibe of a song completely. For example, take a speed metal song and turn it into a ballad. Yeah. Yep. And it's one of those things where I'm not really sure where they want to do it to be a hit. It's one of those where can I do it so you buy it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'll give you one more, and there's even more, but I'm going to tell you about it later on. This is known as the uh, rework. It's a remix of a song that has already been remixed. Okay. I.e. somebody listens to it and goes, okay, good, but I can do better than that. I can that. do better, yeah. Yeah. All right, let's listen to another remix. I'm, I'm going to get on to remastering in a little bit. Here's one more remix. This is Dream On by somebody named Grits. Now, it's G-R-I-Z, so it may just be Grizz. Ooh. But Grits sounds nicer to me. Why? I like Southern breakfast. I like Grits, man. I do, too. Here you go. It's Grits on Rock School.
Because our breaks were so long and because the songs are so long, we're coming into the first break. Again, I hear the brilliancy. I hear the talent required to make it. Right. Did you like it? I did. You did? Yeah, I did. Right at the beginning, it sounded to me like it was overproduced. It was over... Um, what am I looking for? Compression. I think they had too much EQ in there and they really made the highs grab out. And I'd like to tell you that that was a mistake, but I think it was done on purpose because in a dance hall, in an EDM dance hall, right. when there's 900 people out there, mm-hmm. the sound gets eaten alive by the bodies that are moving along. Yeah. So you have to compress it and you have to push more of the highs. So to listen to it on headphones or listen to it on your car is one thing in the in the middle part though maybe 60 percent of the way through which is where we jumped to Mm -hmm. it seemed you left the song and you wanted to go you left the song right if they had stayed with the beginning because i understood the compression i understood the high eq Mm -hmm. But you think it would work? Yeah, we're not a number one. We're not in a a a, a place where people dance yeah. with big speakers, and this is coming and filling the room. Okay? Exactly. Okay. Because uh, you're in your you know Toyota driving down the road, it's not going to sound the same. Uh, and the second thing is, it's introducing a brand new group of people who have never heard any of these artists before. Right. And, which, and now they're they're going to be introduced to their songs and which, get interested in their music. Yeah, you're probably right uh, about hang that on, as hang well. Hang on, hang on. And number three. Yeah. I am all for artists making more money any way they can. Oh, me too. Me too. Even if it's artists I don't like, because if a group over there succeeds, that means there's a chance later on down the road, another group of artists will succeed. I'm going to pull words out of your mouth because while we were listening to it, you made the statement that this sounds like it would work in a movie. And I agree with you completely on that. To listen to it on the radio as a song I'll enjoy, not a chance. But you stick this in a movie where John Wick is attempting to beat the living crud out of 15 people that want to kill him? Yes. That would work like nobody's business. There you go. Let me give you a few more that are out there as we talk about the idea of remix, remaster. There's also the mashup. You've probably heard of this. As it suggests, it's two or more songs editing them together. 
the the problem is a lot of young people who do this, who make mashups, they find two songs that are in the key of A or the key of G or the key of B, mm-hmm. and they mash them together. Hey, they work. Well, of course they work. They're in the same key. Right. The problem is they have to change the tempo a little bit, and once they create it, many of them are of the opinion they've created something new, and copyright law specifically states you have not. Exactly. You've simply taken two things that are owned by two other human beings, Uh and you have altered them. Right. And you're not allowed to do that. Hey, as long as they give credit to those people. No. Okay, no, no, not at all. So you, tell me how that works. W- what you're going to have to do is get yourself what's known as a mechanical license. Uh, there's one other license you got to be concerned about, which escapes me at the time. But once you have the mechanical license, you're going to have to pay for both of them. The idea of putting up a video on YouTube and mm-hmm. stating that, well, I don't own this video. It's owned by the copywriter. Doesn't mean now you can use it. Okay. It's it's legal. And I don't say that because I'm trying to be, you know, part of the man. I'm telling you that because what's going to happen is you're going to do a heck of a lot of work. You're going to put up a YouTube video and you're going to get crushed. Yeah. Take it down. Yeah. The owner that loves it, the owner that has it is going to either spam you with commercials, banner ads, Uh or they're going to make you take it down. Someone made you take something down. That's Remember? right. Well, uh, the band I was in, Impaired Faculties, we put up a live version of the Eagles oh, Why Can't I Come Up oh, With It. Oh, yes. Yes, yeah, it, it was, was. It was their hits, uh, their, their real fast song, uh, Life in the Fast Lane. Mm-hmm. And it got taken down. We all went out to a bar and drank ourselves stupid because we were just pleased that the Eagles even knew who we were. I know. Isn't that awesome? (laughs) There is also what's known as a bootleg. Now, to me, a bootleg has always meant a recording of a band live that is sold or retraded. Right. It, it, It was unauthorized, yeah, but in the remixing world, what it means is it's the same thing, but it's an authorized remix. Something that is unauthorized, thus bootleg. Hey, mister, I got some cassette tapes over here. Dub mix. This grew out of reggae. Dub comes from the word double or doubling. Mm -hmm. So when you say you're going to dub something, you're going to double it. And what it does is you either use an instrumental or you pull the lyrics out of a song and then double it. Here's the thing about uh, a lot of production. You have the instruments left or right. The singing then, the main vocal, is usually down the middle. So if you open up a vocal inside of a audio processor, split it into a left and a right track, take the left track and flip it around, what happens is a phase occurs and it literally erases the vocal. So now you have an instrumental. I do it in front of my class all the time. It's kind of shocking. It's one of those magic tricks that you go... Did we just do the hokey pokey? Wow. But you get rid of that and then you remix without the vocals. And they call it a dub mix. Wow. Radio edit, you probably know that. That's either for length or to remove offensive words or material. And then there's a film remix. This is a remix of the original song in order to alter its stereo settings or boost certain parts so the song will sound best through the theater system Mm -hmm. rather than just through a pair of speakers. Yes, indeed. You bet. That happened with the Beatles a great deal. Uh Especially when they were dealing with Yellow Submarine. Everything was recorded in mono. So the people who were doing the movie had to get a hold of the original tracks, what are known as the stems, and they had to turn them into stereo because it wouldn't have sounded right in a theater. There you go. And I've talked way too much. Who's listening to us? Oh, WXZY and Kane PA. Fantastic. Back in a minute here on Rock School.
Okay, coming out of the break, I'm going to do one by Mike Oldfield and somebody named York. Mike Oldfield, you probably know, is the author and the performer of Tubular Bells, uh-huh. which has scared, I can't tell you how many people around Halloween. <laughs> It's been remixed because Mike Oldfield made the statement that I just didn't like the way it sounded out of the gate. And that's fair. Uh, I got a buddy named Randy, and Randy is a production man. He produced multiple songs uh, that Impaired Faculties did, and he's very, very good at what he does. And his statement to me was, you have to do it again and again and again until it allows you to sleep. I think those were just about his words, because this is the version of the song everyone's going to remember. Yeah. Look, you can remix it all you want, but the one that came out of the gate that people hear, that's the one they're going to remember. So the original, right? Right, and that's, herein lies the concern and where we're going after this break, because we have many, many, many songs that are of tunes people know that were remastered. Not remixed like we're doing now. Mm-hmm. Remastered. And the remastering, it was always, and it will always be, met with concern because people like the original. Even though the artist is of the opinion it needs a new coat of paint, yeah. the people who listen to it will go, mm, I don't like it. You, you altered the bass. You altered the this. You altered to that. And I didn't like it. There will always be those that go, okay, that's pretty good. But then there will invariably... I dislike it. So let's play one more here. Tubular Bells, Mike Oldfield, and York. I know you know it, but it's not the same song. Sounds like this on Rock School. Well, there you have it, Tubular Bells, the song we all know from the horror films. And you can hear that, again, it was Mike Oldfield and somebody named York that remixed it mm-hmm. and turned it into a different song. That dun, 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 Oh, dun, I liked dun, dun, dun. it. Yeah. They turned it into a stop time. Uh-huh. And after a certain number of minutes, what you got is that... Those things to turn it into some kind of a dance song. I don't think it improved it. Uh, No, but who knows? Halloween is such a great movie. You know, who knows? Maybe they'll use it in in the future. There's going to be a million of them. Right, but it also doesn't matter. 
because the regular tubular bells is still out there. Mm -hmm. There's always that statement about, you know, I don't like this. Well, brother, it isn't for you. Right. You know what I mean? Rap music. I hate rap music. We didn't make it for you. That's right. And they're okay if you don't listen. That's right. Don't listen. You're not breaking our hearts. Uh, so it could be that I need to listen to the original and other people who want to dance and, and like enjoy EDM music, mm-hmm. they, they don't. And which is really what we're talking about here. We're going to start dealing with remastering in just a moment after seven days. But again, you don't like the remaster? Well, fine. Listen to the original. I don't know that it's good or bad. Speaking of seven days, I'm Joe Burns. You are. Tammy Burns. These are the rock and roll dates, September 9th all the way through September 15th, which is an epochal date in history. Tammy's got Monday. Go ahead. September 9th, 2009. Former Raspberries lead singer Eric Carmen yeah. is arrested in Cleveland yes. on a DUI charge. He'll serve 30 days. September 10, 1999. Standing on a corner in Winslow, Arizona, Park opens up in Winslow, Arizona, and we've been there. September 11, 2001, the World Trade Attacks forces Clear Channel to ban playing certain songs. September 12, 1966, The Monkees TV show makes its debut. Mm, September 13, 2009, Taylor Swift wins Best Female Video at the MTV Video Music Awards. Then guess what happened? I don't know. Kanye West comes on stage and explains that Beyonce deserved the award for single ladies. All the single ladies. And by the way, I did know that. All the single ladies. September 14, 2005, Britney Spears gives birth to the first child, Sean Federline. I'm sure he was out golfing. September 15th, my birthday. I'm 55 and I'm joining ARP. Shut up. September 15, 1980, David Bowie debuts on Broadway in The Elephant Man. Let's talk about remastering. This is where you don't alter the song. You simply go back and, as a student of mine pointed out, you're putting a new coat of paint on the song. It sounds wonderful. The things that you're doing wrong or you did wrong back or that the technology would disallow you to do back then, and but now we have it, thus we can do these things, allows you to do it. Now, you may remember, not too long ago, we did a show where we talked about the Beatles and we played nothing but the remix, uh, the, not the remix, but the remaster of Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. I didn't care for it. I didn't either. Only because I think I knew the original so yeah. well that it was odd in my ear to hear it. Right. We also did a show on mono versus stereo. And when I listened to the two of them, I liked the mono better. Me too. So when it comes down to brass tacks, I guess it's the concept of, hey, look, remaster it if you want. Because the original was still out there. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about Smells Like Teen Spirit. Came out in 1991. In 2011, there was a 20th anniversary redo by Bob Ludwig. And people who cared for the music said, okay, it's too loud. And I know that sounds dumb, but it's too loud on the recording. They compressed it and turned it up to the point where you were at the very clip Uh of where volume would be digitally. And that doesn't do good things to it. It makes it it sound plastic. Right. And furthermore, he went in and he got rid of a lot of the recording stuff, the frequencies and such, Mm -hmm. because it was recorded on analog tape. 
This music was called grunge. Why is that? Right, you got to get rid. If you get rid of that grungy stuff, you lose it. That's it. It starts to sound too polished, and too polished is wrong. So here's what I'm going to do with these remasters. I'm going to play you about 20 seconds or so of the original, and then I'm going to go right into the remaster. So, Smells Like Teen Spirit from 1991, right into 2011. Sounds like this on Rock School. to the second break. Let me tell you about another remaster. Again, you're not altering the song. You're simply changing the frequencies, maybe doing things that the technology back then wouldn't allow you to do today. When you start talking about remastering, seldom do you have one that makes people happy. One that does make people happy was a remake of the Some Girls album. A lot of people considered that to be fairly good. And we'll talk about that maybe a little bit later on in the show. It's the ones that upset people like Nirvana's Smells Like Teen Spirit. Right. Pantera's Cowboys from Hell had a 2010 remaster. So what they did from, you know, for the 2010 anniversary, which is the 20th anniversary of the song, they remastered it. However, whomever did the work remastered the symbols in the song to be much too high, much too hard. It became real loud and bothered people in the mix and said, no, you screwed it up. Here's about 10, 15 seconds, making sure you hear a few of the cymbal splashes. Now, this isn't the first one. This is the remix. Take a listen. And there you have it. Is it? Is it good? Is it bad? It may just be people who love the band getting upset. I didn't like it. Why didn't am you I, really? Why am I okay with people taking a song, totally changing it, destroying it? And exactly. <laughs> but remastering, it doesn't sound good to me. I don't. What is wrong with me? I think what you're going to find is it's a love and a knowledge of the original. 
Oh, okay. And since you know oh, the that's original. that's simple. Go ahead. Tell us who's listening to this here radio show. KNHS in Lafayette, Louisiana. Good. Back in a minute here in Rock School. of the break Ozzy Osbourne's Blizzard of Oz and also Diary of a Madman these were the 2000 remasters this is also one of easily the most controversial remasters in music history why because Ozzy and Sharon hired Rob Truillo and Mike Borden to re-record the original parts that would be the bass and the drums of the song. Okay. So when you listen to the remaster, it's still Ozzy's voice. It's still Randy Rhodes' guitar. Yeah. But the bass and the drums are redone. Okay. Why? Because the original recording was done by Bob Daisley and Lee Kerslake. And what they were attempting to do, they being Ozzy and Sharon, 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 what they wanted to do was redo it, re-release it, and not pay these fellas royalties. There is apparently to this day a lawsuit pending that they think they should have royalties because even though Ozzy is shown as one of the authors on the song, he simply tells people what kind of should happen yeah and these two fellas believed hey look we wrote these parts yeah we should get part of it the oh two- my god that makes yes. me sick it does to me too the 2002 reissue also included new backing vocals from a couple of singers named mark lennon and john shanks so what i'm gonna do is play just a touch of the original once again i'm gonna play the one from back in the 1980s and you're gonna hear the bass is clean if you will, because then when I go to play the original about 20 seconds later, or the uh, the remix, uh, remaster, about 20 seconds later, you'll hear the bass has got that Black Sabbath distortion, the okay. buzz on the bass, and you'll notice the drums aren't quite the same. Those are minimal things, but they will bother you. I say that because they bother me. So, Crazy Train, the original, and then the redo from later on okay 2002 here you go on rock school
difference between the two it wasn't that much um, yeah i'll be honest with you i don't know that it added to or took away from the song it was weird when i heard the bass go bum 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 and it was distorted do you realize how much a hero ozzy and sharon would have been if they had just paid the guys yeah there's something to that the idea of you know look you'd have had so much better press had you just said okay look each of you gets a percentage and this with is a, nuts. With a song that big, that percentage would have done it. Hey, look, I mentioned earlier Bob Ludwig's remix of Some Girls. My favorite song off the album is Shattered. Look, let me give you about 20 seconds of Shattered. This is the remix. You tell me if it's better or not. <laughs> not better it you don't think so no you like the stones trashy and i like dark, it i like it you? nasty yeah. yes you like it nasty poorly recorded absolutely sounds like they were all in a garage exactly That's, okay all right we're gonna finish on this one and justice for all if you are a metallica fan you know 2018 was the re-release of the box set of and justice for all and there's it's like eight cds it's a thousand thirty second trying to figure out the song takes Mm -hmm. and live recordings of the songs and what have you. Here's the thing about Injustice for All. It depends on who you speak to, but whatever the story, the bass on the original 1988 album is pretty much non-existent. In 2005, a fellow named Steve Thompson, who was the person who mixed the album, suggested it was Lars and, well, Lars mainly, Hetfield was in the the studio with him, but Lars mainly, that said, bring the bass down to being barely audible and then drop it another 5 dB. Okay, why would he care to do that? Yeah, why? The band had just lost Cliff Burton, their original bassist, in a horrible bus crash. They hired a guy named Jason Newstead, who was really good. Mm -hmm. And Newstead apparently destroyed the bass part, just played it beautifully. Okay? They didn't like that. It was still sticking a sticking point in them i understand what you're thinking lars has stated that the effect of the bass simply being gone was unintentional everything with higher frequencies drums guitar just kept getting turned up and turned up and the bass suffered however last last year 2018 Mm -hmm. a remix brought the bass up to be honest with you not enough in my opinion so i'm gonna play what was the original Metallica tune, and then I'm going to play the 
Metallica tune once again from 19, pardon me, 2018. So you're going to listen to something called Eye of the Beholder because it's my opinion. I know that's not one of the hits off of Justice for All, but Eye of the Beholder to me shows enough of the bass boost. Is this a good remaster? Personally, yes, because the original master was and should not have been done that way. So that's going to wrap it up. I'm Joe Burns. I am Tammy Burns. About 30 seconds of the original, then right into the remaster, and you will dig it. That's it. Class is dismissed. See, more into it, what you read. You can do it your own way.